welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. I'm Greg Roche. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing one of Greg's webinars, uh, Insight into Action, I think it was called, Greg. That's right, yeah. Turning Insight into Action, the importance of action planning. <laughs> yeah, so I did watch it. I just couldn't really remember what the title was. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. I, I enjoyed it. And I think it, it, what really came over, well, I, I saw his first impressions, um, there's a lot to cram into half an hour, isn't there, when it comes to turning insight into action. And I think, as we were just chatting about off air, really, it is fascinating that, you know, you divide it up into before, during and after. And you would naturally think that sort of after the surveys where all the turning insight into action happens. And then you probably spent half the webinar, if not more, talking about before. Yeah, it's it's one of the things I like about doing webinars. Is it sort of makes you think about things because when I was sort of pulling it together, I didn't realise I was going to do before, during and after. I thought I'd do a lot on the after and action planning bit. But it's when you really start thinking what does make good research or what makes actionable research. And you just come back and realize that the, the outputs are only ever as good as the inputs. So you really mm. have to get the, you know, you know, the inputs right. And I, I think, as, as you sort of said, they're just talking off. I think a little bit is where we come from and where we sit in the process that we have to make it actionable. We have to make the survey good because that's our job or you know all you know our living yeah and it's it's interesting because as a as a client manager you know running a survey at tlf you always have at the back of your mind or at least i always do i suspect we all do i'm gonna have to stand up and present this and yeah at some point the md or chief exec or whoever it is is gonna say so what am i supposed to do with this and if I can't answer that question, it's going to be a very uncomfortable 10 minutes of, of you know, blathering. Wow. Um, so, Absolutely. so we're always focused on how do I answer that question? What, what is it that I'm going to tell them they need to do? Yeah. And even more than that, the webinar hopefully got across about building up a business case because, Again, I think we sort of think, hold on, they're going to be spending money with us here and we want them to spend money with us again. So we have to show value. So that bit when he says, what am I to do? You've really got to be able to say this, this and this. And mm -hmm. that makes a difference of that, that and that. Yeah, I've had that conversation where people say, well, this has cost me you know, 20 grand or whatever it is. What am I getting back for it? And it's a very fair question, isn't it? Well, it, it, you know, hopefully I brought it out in the webinar that it's just like it's just like a, a, any other investment, really. Mm. Um, I think the other bit that that again slightly surprised me was, was perhaps how much you can do during the survey and just making it live um, in terms of checking that questions are working. And, and again, I think it probably comes from where from from the angle we come that you know you don't want to turn up and say well the most common answer to this question was other <laughs> you know you just think well that's pretty poor research yeah. um there's no excuse for that really is there we've all probably done it at some point and it's a again it's a pretty awkward place to be <laughs> when yeah and as you brought out in the webinar it's got such an easy fix which is you know pilot the survey either formally or just informally like uh, four days into interviewing let's see what the answers are looking like and uh, we need to do something about that really in this day and age um, when it's so easy to get get hold of the data quickly it's not uh, the olden days of a postal survey you didn't know what you were going to get back until you got it back um so unless yeah. you took the, the ages to do a, a, a pilot of that it was 
you know, it's all very slow, very difficult, very expensive to get questionnaires reprinted. Nowadays, none of that applies. Like you, you can very you know, instantly change the questions, change the response options. There's no excuse for having a big bag of other as a response. Just on the, uh, this, this, this idea of before, during and after, I thought, you know, when, when you introducing uh, the webinar, really, you talked about that, that sort of that, that, the feedback loop. You know, you said we did and how lots of organisations get bogged down before they get very far round that. And I guess that's really uh, the whole webinar was about addressing that and, and increasing those percentages all, all the way around the loop. And yeah. one of the things that, that kind of one well, of the thoughts that prompted in me is that I always used to say as a bit of a flip comment that, you know, main recommendation I'd make on the back of any customer survey is do something now and I don't really care what it is but just do something uh, and I think that's I don't quite mean I don't care what it is but exactly what it is is far less important than doing something and I think where this is important I think is, is where you get to debating what actions should we take what are the priorities for improvement in a way that's it's valuable. Really <laughs> you know, we need to choose. We need to focus. We need to concentrate on a couple of things, but we also just need to do something. Um, and I, I think that's for me the, probably the, the the main principle of insight into action is that word action that you've got to do something. And in, in a way, the way to do that is just to do it. I mean, funny enough, for 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 the TLF book club that we have at the moment, we're reading this book, uh, "Do Improvise" by Robert Poynton. Right. Um, it's a great little book, actually, but one of my favourite sections in it is because it's all about creativity and sort of being open to ideas and, and sort of play and things like that. But one of his key points is it's about creative doing, not creative thinking. And right. we, we yeah. tend to assume that you have to have the creative thoughts in order to do the creative sort of actions. And what he says is actually that's exactly wrong. You've got to start doing <laughs> And then you'll figure out whether it's the right thing to do or what to do or how to tweak it. Action is actually more important than, yeah. than thoughts. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because until you do stuff, you don't know what the consequence of doing it is. And and, and that'll shape things um, fr from there onwards as well. Hmm. One of the things that I sometimes think with with, with research and, and, and the insight into action and that just doing something is often, I think, we are just confirming probably what a lot of people knew in the organization. I mean, it depends on the level of customer satisfaction, but often if there are below average, um, it's quite easy to identify the problem is with this area or that area. And they probably knew that as well. And I think often what we just do is then quantify that and start linking that dissatisfaction with other behaviours further down the line that that, that, that organisations you know don't want, and I think one of the things I've learned uh, uh, over the years is, is sometimes you're setting off trying to find this really great bit of insight, but actually a lot of what you do is quantify things that people already knew, and bust a few myths in terms of we think this or we think that, and it's only really when you start getting to the higher levels of customer satisfaction where you really start having to very much fine tune, okay, we really need some insight here for this particular area in this particular way in this particular thing, because we've addressed 
a lot of uh, you know a lot of other things and i do think it's great when you turn up sometimes you're saying this is what you need to focus on and this is what customers are saying i'm saying great that's what we thought because we are about to launch something in that area and this gives us something to really reinforce that mm. yeah I, I totally agree with that it is true that particularly when scores are low it would be weird if the organization didn't have those things on its radar a little bit um especially i mean usually in that sort of hypothetical example you go in scores are low probably scores are going to be low on some of the kind of core business given type of things you know product quality is not going to be great or delivery reliability isn't great it's like you're going to know that because you're going to be getting complaints so yeah of course you're going to know that, that you're not doing your core business very well because customers tend to be quite vocal about that I think people often feel like they knew what you're going to tell them just after you've told them it. <laughs> and I think that's a bit of a cognitive error that all of us as human beings are, are prone to making. So while you're right, like, you know, the, yeah. when we say, you know, here's your score for product quality and they go, oh, yeah, we know we've got some issues with product quality. Yes, they, they did know that. But what they didn't know is that it's the single biggest issue for customers right now. Yeah. And so there's often you bring clarity to that by doing a survey uh, and a sort of sense of priority and exactly what customers view of it is uh, so it's so yes it's not exactly totally new but it it actually it's robust, is yeah. it's reliable it's accurate would be the you know the things that i think we bring we bring to it so why do you think people don't turn insight in, in into action to slightly flip it around and help me write a better webinar yeah i mean i think it's quite difficult or, or more to the point, it's very easy to get derailed from it the status quo always wants to reassert itself, doesn't it? And what you're talking about is, I sometimes think the easiest priorities for improvement are the ones that can be fixed by a choice. So you go, we're going to buy 10 new lorries. That is expensive, but it's easy. Or we can buy this new system, or we could dot, dot, dot. You know, it's a, a purchasing. The, the classic example, we used to work with uh, Man United on their fan satisfaction survey. Fans don't like the old scoreboard. We'll buy a new scoreboard. It's like it, it's yeah. super easy and super visible. And then you can say to fans, look at this fancy new scoreboard. You told us you didn't like the old one. We've bought a new one. Look. Well, that's the yeah. perfect PFI. It's not cheap, but it's easy, it's visible, and it's done. Yeah. Most actual real-world PFIs are not, are not addressable like that. They're addressed by small changes to systems and processes, lots of behavioural things done yeah. every single day lots at the front line. And it, getting stuff like that to stick is really, really difficult. It takes a long time, particularly it takes a long time to embed it as a new habit. And I think that's the thing that's really difficult to do. And it needs a lot of support to, to get it to happen because it's very easy to launch a new initiative and people, oh yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, we're excited about this. But to keep it going day after day after day when the pressures start mounting up and volumes are a bit higher, it's so easy to kind of, again, for the status quo to, to reassert itself. So yeah, why is it difficult? Because those kind of you know, mass behavioral change of thousands of people, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you managed to say that without using the word culture either, which is quite impressive. <laughs> well, and I think really that's what culture is, isn't it? It's the behaviours of thousands of people. That, that's, that is a, a culture. Yeah, I, I, I think I do see some things in clients where you know they've sort of moving there when it's not seen as a project or an add-on. It's seen as just this is the way we do things around here. We make our customers happy and this is great because we're getting some more information to help change. And they just want to keep changing things because they want to keep making customers happy. And, and it really is the 
opposite of whatever status quo is. Yeah. Um, but that, you can see that happening, and that's great when that's happening. And then sometimes it's a case of, oh, we need to rein back a bit here, or are we changing for changing sake here? Yeah. Um, but but that's you know that's when you know you know the culture's the culture's right. Yeah, I think and where it can go to that to that point is sort of almost too much is where people they almost over respond to a, to a piece of customer feedback. So it's like, Oh, I'm not sure I really like this new website. We need to change the website. We need to, yeah. like, one customer <laughs> wasn't quite sure. We'd like calm down and let's think about this. So sometimes there are unintended consequences of being too responsive to customer feedback, I think, uh, which might sound like a weird thing for me to say, but I, I think it's, you, you need to act swiftly, but also think about it, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I think it depends what action you're taking. So I think yeah. some actions can only do good and some actions might have unintended negative consequences. And it, it's worth being clear about the distinction between those two things. Any other bits of the webinar you particularly want to pull apart? I, well, not to pull apart, but I, I, again, another bit that I, I sort of made a note of is you talked about in the you know what to get right beforehand. You made a uh, a big point about getting the right data, so asking the right questions, or perhaps getting other sorts of data, or well, get the data you need in order to draw the right insights, in order to to sort of empower action, which is a hundred percent right. I think there's a slight trap in there, which is that can link up with the point about paralysis by analysis that you know oh, we don't have quite exactly the right data, so let's go and get the right data before we do anything can be a, a bit of a trap to fall into i think yeah and i think um at the moment you know as well we have big data and there is so much data you know not, um uh, uh, around it's definitely one of the things to be aware of paralysis by uh, analysis and we've both probably got numerous examples from numerous clients who, who we won't say who who in some ways are so enthusiastic about the research there's more excitement about another data cut or looking at something another way than saying, well, hold on, let's just get down and start doing these actions. It's not going to be that it's this type of customer or that type. Of, and so what if it is, you know, yeah. let's get on and get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I did, the other thing that I wanted to pick up on, I suppose, is you know, we, we talked, I guess, a bit about sort of adapting the survey as you're doing it in the after section. I mean, that obviously is where the action happens. It happens after the survey. And I totally agree with the points you're making about sort of what to do during before and during the survey to kind of make sure the survey is as geared up as possible to deliver insight that could be actioned. Yeah. That, yeah here is everything you need to know packaged up in the right format designed to appeal to the right people i thought that was a really important point actually i'll come back to that in a second but something still needs to happen with it you know it, it doesn't matter how great the data is it doesn't matter how brilliantly it's presented if it's in isolation and it, it is that point uh, of you need at some point that that sense of collaboration you know, the, the doers have to come together with yeah. the insight and you know accept it find it interesting find it useful and then be supported to go off and make change yeah one of the things i was trying to achieve was to try and make it quite practical and i think just as you're saying that that collaboration is where it happens and this is where i thought even like simple things like have the first action plan meeting already scheduled in mm. the number of times i've come out of a boardroom and people have gone that's great okay when can we sit down and do this we know what we've got to do we know what we've got to do this is really important let's have a look at diaries mm -hmm. you know and your heart sinks because you know well to get all these people together again to decide what to do is going to take two or three months <laughs> yeah it's it's easier said than done but i think it's a really good principle 
that when you sit down to plan a survey, yes, put the dates for the field work in, put the dates for the final report. Well, and that's a final presentation is a dodgy phrase, isn't it? But, we'll yeah. but then following on from the final presentation, what's <laughs> after that? You know, where where do we start cascading down if we're going to cascade it? Where, where do we communicate to employees? Where do we communicate to customers? Where do we have our action planning meeting? Because, yeah, if if you're at the final presentation and everyone says oh yes we need to agree these actions and do it let's get out our diaries and start looking oh hang on and it's four months later before you actually have the action planning meeting let alone start doing anything and and yeah time vanishes unless you get those things scheduled in up front absolutely absolutely what were you going to say about different audiences? Yeah, so I, I really liked your point. You called it the real agenda. I tend yeah. to talk about it as what keeps people awake at night. So it's different for different people in different departments. But the more you can aim the insight at the thing that keeps that person as an individual awake at night, the more they're going to pay attention to what you've got to sell them. I, I, I talk about this in my story selling courses. Like, really, that is you're making it into a no brainer. You're saying, here's a thing that is difficult or uh, troubling or expensive or anxiety inducing for you and they go yeah yeah that is anxiety inducing for me here's a lever you can pull that will make that thing better yeah okay um, and it really and it's that sounds stupid but it, it does become a no-brainer doesn't it if, if i can prove to you that by doing x y and z you'll get less inbound contact well why would you not do x y and z yeah it's a real agenda it's not yeah. often visualized and people often don't don't know it themselves i think if it had a bit more time i would have done a bit more on storytelling at the end of the survey about how do you then bring it to life to make sure you you know you win the hearts and minds because you just say you've got to get masses of people to behave in a different way um, and, and and there's different ways of of doing that and we tend to work with quite large organizations which, which brings you know other challenges in in terms of you know how to get lots of people thinking on the same page mm. yeah no, it, it really does i think just as as an example of that a big financial services company i used to work with i remember once we, we were we were trying to persuade them to do some some comms to frontline staff and we were trying to design this really kind of, sort of compact message to come up on the because basically with the, the logins to their the sort of computer system you can control the screens that pop up in front of people and get little yeah. messages into those and you can you can send trading through it and stuff like that but because of the way the size of those organizations they're so used to thinking in terms of kind of aggregating up to the cost of you know what, what's the fte equivalent of two minutes of training for all of our frontline staff and it you you work out the sums and you go okay well, we clearly can't we can't do that you know it's going to cost you a quarter of a million quid to, to do this two minutes of training um and it, it doesn't it's very hard to overcome that kind of inertia that just comes from scale i think yeah. because on the bottom line can i prove to you that you're going to earn a quarter of a million quids worth of kind of customer um, experience improvement through that training but it's, it's pretty difficult to prove that not if you've watched my webinar Stephen yeah, it's still pretty difficult webinar. to prove it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> all the answers no. are in there I mean no I mean, you're right it, it, it should be or at least um you're not going to win those arguments until you can prove it let's put it that yeah. way yeah. so yeah that that's why it is important to be able to try to to evidence the case yeah and hopefully I brought out that that's sort of a year one or two 
strategy once you've got beyond that you don't need to evidence it so more it's then about mm. you know th there's different sort of agendas um then you know you know we don't quite need to sort of um, prove it in the same way we now need to get into the detail of the actions or what are the sticking points or what are the challenges the organization is facing at the moment where customer um, information can help make a difference mm. yeah and i think uh, i mean something that's kind of implicitly there in, in the webinar and i don't know if you ever quite explicitly said it although you hinted it in a few different places actually it, it's got to tie in with the strategy of the organization hasn't it yeah whether that i mean you, you alluded to sort of tying in the mission statement but i think yeah. more in terms of are we investing in this are we prepared to invest in this why are we investing in it what is our vision is it about or do we want to be the best in you know the best for customer experience in our market? Do we want to achieve a particular retention level? Do we want to make sure we don't have any dissatisfied customers? You know, what there are different ways yeah. to approach your strategy in terms of are we trying to build long-term partnerships or not? And um, and also your kind of vision for customer experience, like how ambitious are you? Is it about minimizing bottom box? Is it about you know, in, yeah, improving top, top box? box? Yeah. All those kind of things. Linking the insight to that strategic uh, vision and, and sort of what you're trying to do with the research is really, really important. It's got to be, otherwise it's going to sort of um, buffer up against it if, if, if it's not linked in. So, I, I, and again, I think perhaps sometimes being external, we spend a lot of time listening and understanding that because it's different for every organisation. You, you know, you can't assume you know it because we don't know it. Whereas I think sometimes internally, people may have different views of what it looks like and really what the mission is so uh, again we probably have an advantage doing that from an external an external perspective one thing it does give us i think is is that we 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 do see that different organizations have different strategies whether and often not consciously but you go in mm -hmm. and different boards will just deal with the research and, and think about it in different ways yeah and i don't think I don't think they're aware of having made a decision that that's how they're going to deal with it. It's just they, again, it is, but that probably more cultural than anything we've talked about so far. That the, the organisation just has an instinct for this is what we. And sometimes you can feel that an organisation is kind of okay with being all right at customer yeah. experience, and others are just obsessed about really being almost flawless um in terms of creating great customer experiences and it's it, it's something you feel rather than anything you could exactly articulate but there's definitely it definitely impacts on strategy i think yeah and, and i think also sometimes about helping the organization change if we're talking about insight interaction some want you to challenge them and want the customer data to challenge them others want it to support them rather than perhaps challenge uh, and and again that's different in different you know in, you know different organizations with different with mm. different leaders one of my favorite things and this has happened multiple times is that you're going into that final presentation and, and you're you know your sort of main contact who might be you know one of the uh let's say a director's direct report that kind of level will be saying yeah. i want to make sure um yeah i'm not sure about the messaging and the positioning of this we've got to be very <sighs> careful with all this they go into the meeting and the chief exec says right tell us the unvarnished truth i want to know which of these idiots yeah. is letting us down and what <laughs> i feel like there's very very different agendas <laughs> on what yeah. i'm supposed to do here yeah one's probably trying to be career protected <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i i i know exactly what 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 you mean and it's great when they do that tell us the truth tell us the truth tell us the truth because that's what we're there to to do you know it's never a win session is it it's about 
how do you make customers more satisfied how do you make businesses better how do you make organizations yeah, better absolutely seems like a good point to finish doesn't it how do you make organizations yeah, does, better watch so, webinars yeah watch our webinars that's the yeah the, that's the one sentence answer uh, so yeah thank you very much for listening if you're using itunes please subscribe rate and review us and if you want to get in touch you can find us on twitter at tlf research or at tlfresearch.com cheers thanks everyone